the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Always good to be with you. 888-528-2557. You know, today, I don't even know how many people are going to watch it. Maybe we'll talk about it in the second hour a little bit today. But the Republican debate will be tonight. But there are lots of issues that I think are are really huge issues that Washington has a lot less to do with. And we've been seeing a lot of that here in Southern California. Parents, of course, are have been marching and protesting against the school district and related to parents' rights. And I want to talk about that a little bit today because the uh, Teachers Union in Los Angeles came out with a very harsh statement against parents who marched in downtown Los Angeles yesterday. And I want to, I want to walk through this in, in such a way that we really ask a few questions, even of ourselves, of how do we do this as Christians to be in the conversation at the city gate? to be in the arena, if you will, and still represent Christ and still be good citizens of our country. We have a country where, you know, our rights and our our authority is unique. It really is. It's, it is unique. And we really can make a difference. And so I want to ask these questions. You can join the conversation at 888 what are you fighting for, but also who are you fighting for? I think we have to keep that in mind, and why. You know, what role does the church really have in political matters in our country? What can we do? What ought we be doing? Ought is a is a important word, right, because it's more than just what should we do or what can we do. There's an ought, you know, at, at there's a lot of things I think that, that, you know, the church and culture can back out of, but there are certain things that, no, the church needs to step out and and get involved. I think a lot of that has to do with when we're talking about the defense of innocent people, the defense of people who are truly marginalized, not some uh, political calculation to marginalize some group that's not really marginalized, but I mean kids in particular is what we're talking about today. There is something for us to do as citizens of the United States. I think we need to participate, and the numbers are still pretty dismal uh, as far as participation. Like even with this debate tonight, I understand it's a weird debate. It's weird because it's a vice presidential debate, truly, if uh, unless Donald Trump drops out or one of these uh, people catches up with him in the Republican side of things. Um, but still, there's going to be policies discussed. And how well can we articulate those policies? And does, you know, in our politics, wherever you're at with this, is it about policy or is it about your party winning? I think that, you know, people ask the line, where does it draw the line, maybe even for the Christian, where it just becomes partisanship and not about policy or what's better for people? I think that there is something that we have to do as United States citizens to participate 
And I think we need to stand up against things that are untrue. And we need to we need to hold also our media accountable to what gets reported. I'm reading in the uh, on NBC News about the protest yesterday, and I find it to be. You know, it's interesting because they talk about three people getting arrested. I don't think it was three people on the parents' side. Maybe I'm wrong, but there was this communist group. I'm not calling them communists. They call themselves communists, okay? They were there, and they were the ones who uh, were getting pushed back by the police, and there was a little bit of scuffling going on with the police and this other group. But it wasn't the the parents who were protesting, and it also was not, to my knowledge, and if you were there, maybe you saw something different, but to my knowledge, what I was able to observe and read— and see, it wasn't. It also wasn't the uh, LGBTQ counter protest that was out there, right? It was this third party who shows up to try to create a problem. And that's what that group tries to do, right? Is they try to come in and create violence, and they know that by doing that, they it doesn't get reported that that's what they did. What gets reported is the parents came in, and started the, the violence, and we have seen that before. Uh, I thought I would talk about this a little bit here. This is. Uh, uh, a couple of clips uh, from what went on out here. This is uh, from the parent um, protest yesterday. From what we've been informed, the opposition got pulled back by LAPD. It's been declared an unlawful assembly. The unlawful assembly was the group of uh, communists, self-proclaimed communists. Okay, I get really sensitive about that because I think we just throw around communist fascism in these words, and I think it makes most regular people roll their eyes. And truly you can because it's not always the case, especially with fascism. There's almost nobody knows what that is. In fact, I find that a lot of the people who are the anti-fascists are actually more like real fascists in in reality in their behavior. So the group that she's talking about that got uh, moved back by the police is this uh, communist group. All right. This is a, uh, a parent From at the rally yesterday. Informed, the opposition got pulled back by LAPD. It's been declared an unlawful assembly. So we're waiting for the road to be cleared so we could head to our final destination, which is just a few feet up, so we can have our speakers uh, give some speeches. Now, how are you feeling right now? How's the energy? Really good. Good. Yeah, and just for everybody to know what the protest is about, I was getting a lot of questions on the live. Sure. Now, this is really important. She's going to explain what the protest is about. This is a firsthand interview with the parents who are there. These are the parents who wear shirts about leave our kids alone. This has a lot to do with school boards um, who have and school policies that have been about not letting parents know, deliberately lying to parents about things their kids might be going through. In this case, we're talking about if a kid is transitioning, using different pronouns, changing their gender, maybe even getting medical care to different degrees. In fact, in our state, if they're 12, you as a parent don't have a right to uh, most things in their medical care. I, as a parent, I hate that. I recognize that there's always reasons, right? There's always abuse going on that's true abuse and real reasons why the state has to take care of kids. But most of the time, that's not the case. Parents should have the right. So I want you to hear this because this is how she describes what this is about. So this is in regards to school boards, keeping things from parents, it's school boards indoctrinating our children as well as Sacramento passing or attempting to pass some really, really dangerous bills, which the entire uh, purpose of these are all to separate the kids from their parents. So we're referring to things like AB 665, AB 957. Um, Luckily, yesterday we were able to suspend AB 1078, which would have taken local control away from school boards and given it all to Sacramento. Now she's talking about several different things there, but and I want to get into that here a little bit so that we understand it. And I want to get into why. Why is Sacramento trying to take away parents' rights? 
Why is Sacramento putting so many bills together to take away the authority of local school boards? So what's happening in local school boards, and a third one happened yesterday, and and parents are going in and saying, we deserve to be told what our kids are going through if they're transitioning or using a different name or these kinds of things in the schools. And uh, they're winning in some of these school boards. Now, I think three now have passed a policy that says if your kid is transitioning, the, the school, once they find out about it, has to inform the parents within three days. And there's some other particulars with all of that. To me, as a parent, that's reasonable. I would like to know. If my kid is on drugs, I would like to know. If my kid is misbehaving in class, I would like to know. I would like to know if my kid is getting bad grades. I would like to know if my kid, if they feel like my kid might be in some other kind of danger. I have been blessed with a couple of teachers who have brought up concerns that they have about my kids, minor ones, but ones in that, you know what, it was worth bringing it up and we had great conversations. I would be appalled and angry, just furiously angry if I discovered that my kid was having a significant mental or social difficulty and the teacher knew all about it and knew it was dangerous and knew that there were consequences or that there might be medical decisions that would be made that would impact my kid for life, for their entire life, and they lie to me about it. Worse, that they are instructed to lie about it, which is the case. This is why parents are protesting. This is why this happened downtown. This is what this is about. And That's really important because now I want you to hear how the United Teachers of Los Angeles framed this. And uh, this is what this is. uh, There was a a, uh, UTLA uh, teachers union gathering. It wasn't very big. It didn't look like this is from their own uh, Twitter account. So I'm just going by what their camera show. There was, you know, 10 people there maybe. But this is what the uh, representative said. Uh, Here we go. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Maria Miranda, elementary vice president at UTLA. Thank you for being here. I'm honored to be here with you today. Um, These are some tough times. Um, We see today that there's going to be a lot of hate towards. So one of the tactics today is that when you disagree with somebody's opinion about these things, it's just hate. You label it hate. You label it homophobic, you label it racist, you label all these different labels. And by the way, there's true hate and there's true racism and there is is all kinds of truth to certain things that can happen out there. But when you label all of it that, when it's just a disagreement, it actually lessens the the impact of the truth of it when it impacts people. Students, and as a member of the LGBTQIA community, I stand with you. And I, I, I'm here today to voice that 35,000 educators stand with you. We're here. We're not. Is that true, by the way, 35,000? That's how many people are in the teachers union. Are all of you on the same page if you're in the teachers union? I'm going to read your teachers union response today. Are you really on that page? And by the way, you don't have to be in the teachers union. Did you know that? There are, there are ways out of it. If you're listening to this and you go, I don't want to be part of that 35,000. And by the way, not everybody who's in those alphabet letters, LGBTQIA+, whichever ones I might be missing, there's a two-spirit and there's a whole bunch of things. There's a big battle going in within the, that alphabet. The LGBs especially are trying to separate themselves from the rest of it. It's very different. And there are LGBs who are marching with the parents. And there are detransitioners who are marching with the parents. And that's not acknowledged here because the, one of the goals is to not let the public understand what's happening. And I'll tell you something, as a host of a talk show, I talk to a lot of people, and I am surprised at how often I hear from people on various issues where people just don't think it's happening. 
people just think, oh, that's not really a thing. People think that certain things that are going on in our culture, there's just a few wackos who are worried about it. And sometimes that is the case, right? Sometimes there's a few wackos. But these things that are going on in the schools, the teaching in schools, the agenda, the the particular um, trans agenda, and not from the kids, by the way, typically. This is typically from adults, and it's not even from people who would consider themselves a part of that movement necessarily. There's another reason. Um, and that's part of the – that's why the communists show up, the self-proclaimed communists, because they understand what that reason is. They understand that this is about more government control. This is about fundamentally changing the family, which if you're going to – there is a movement, and it is – the stench of it is huge in academia, that is attacking the family. And the reason you attack the family, meaning you attack the idea of mother and father and parents raising their kids, you attack that because when you follow a Marxist philosophy, which many of these people openly embrace, and there's a lot of people who would say, I'm not a Marxist, but what you're doing actually is, you don't know it, uh, you don't understand it. You have to attack the family because that's what Marxism is. You want to give power and control to the state with the idea that one day there will be this utopia where the state is very, you know, uh, wonderful for everybody and all the workers are able to unite and there's fairness and there's equity and all this stuff in a fantasy world uh, that uh, you have to deny all the murderous uh, stuff that has to go on in order to get there. Anyway, the uh, UTLA continued this way. not going to allow our students our educators, our families, or the community to be bullied into silence. Who's bullying anybody into silence? Parents are just saying, we want the rights to raise our kids. Which, by the way, parents have the constitutional right to raise their kids. Do you know that? As a parent, the courts have found that you have an absolute right to raise your kid. This is the Supreme Court, okay? The Supreme Court specifically has found, and this is the current law, that the due process clause of the 14th Amendment protects the fundamental right of parents to direct the care, upbringing, and education of their children. Education, Supreme Court. And this is something important. Parents have that right, which should be obvious. It should be obvious to you as a parent. As soon as you become a parent, do If you're on the other side of this, you're not a parent yet, wait till you have kids one day. You will immediately change your mind about a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of you who haven't been in church for a long time, but suddenly you had kids and you're terrified, you're back to church. Uh, it's something that happens. You want to direct the care, the upbringing, and education of your children, and parents have that right. They have that right legally. The schools do not have the right constitutionally to take that away from you. By the way, this is Pastor Scott Show. You can call and join the conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. To hide um, in the shadows. We're not going to do that. We're going to stand here. We're going to fight. We're not going to allow this to happen. We're not going to allow for anyone to try and control the curriculum that educators have worked so hard to put together. Notice that the, the rights are with the parents to deal with the education of their children. Um, we are here, and we want you to know that we're in the struggle with you. So thank you so much. UTLA stands with you. All right, so she's not talking to that many people in that part of the crowd, but this is what UTLA put out in their, their Twitter account today. And... I think that part of what we have to do is be able to address how things are being portrayed. So we've already heard from parents and the representatives at this protest who have said the reason we're here is because we want to protect the rights of school boards. We want to protect parents' rights. And this has to do certainly with trans issues, but lots of different issues. What kinds of things are being taught to my kids? And I think that every parent, whatever your philosophy is, 
you need to pay attention to this because you do not want the government indoctrinating your kid with what essentially is religious points of view, which is what this is, and you don't know about it, and you and things that your kid is going through that you aren't allowed to know about. That's wrong. It's bad for parents, and uh, but they don't want to admit that. What they want to do is call everybody who has got a question about this, a hater and a transphobe and a whatever-phobe, and a whole bunch of stuff. All right, so here's what uh, UTLA put out on their Twitter. LGBTQIA educators, students, and families deserve to be safe and protected in our schools. True, they do deserve to be safe and protected. They deserve to be celebrated and uplifted in our classrooms. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. Uh, do you mean we're going to uplift, uh, uplift uh, indoctrination and philosophies and uh, things that aren't true, like men can have babies? Or are you talking about uplifting human beings for the sake of their humanity? There's a difference in that. They deserve to see themselves reflected in their curriculum. That does not mean that you have to have pornography in your schools, which, by the way, that is what the parents are objecting to. When you, when you watch all these school board meetings, and it's happening everywhere across the country, the things that are being read are, I can't read them on this show. They are pornographic. And that is true. And if you don't believe that's true, and I've had callers say, I don't think this is only happening in one or two places. No, it's happening everywhere. This has gotten in there. And it's not about reflecting certain ideals or helping people feel okay about themselves. It's smut is what it is. And what the parents are saying is, I don't want my kids to have the smut in the third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, anytime. I don't think it should be, you know, at some point people have a choice. And by the way, there's no books that have been banned anywhere. No books are banned. Some books have been moved from elementary school to junior high or junior high to high school. And there's a few handful of books, particularly pornography books, that parents are saying shouldn't be in the classroom, but you can get them at Barnes & Noble or on Amazon. Nothing is banned. It's just a lie. The UCLA educators condemn any and all efforts to strip LGBTQIA community of their rights and protections. So what rights are we talking about? And that's why I wanted to mention the, the rights of parents. Parents have the rights legally. What, you know, what kind of goes on sometimes And it's important to understand that there are certain times when parents lose their rights, okay? Parents have certain rights and responsibilities to raise their kids and to do it in a safe way. And if parents don't uphold their responsibilities, the law says that the state can terminate their parental rights. And uh, that is something that can happen with abuse and neglect and, uh, you know, different things. Children have the right constitutionally, the courts have held to be physically, mentally, and emotionally free from abuse. So what's happening in Sacramento, what's happening with these bills, what's happening with the teachers' unions are pushing and so many things, is to take parental choices that the state doesn't like, that doesn't fit the agenda, and label those things as abuse. The reason they're labeling it as abuse, the reason that Sacramento has been working on bills and passing them for the most part, to say that if you're in the middle of a divorce and one parent wants to transition a kid and the other one doesn't, the, in Sacramento, they are making it so that the court has to find with the parent who wants to transition the kid by labeling it as abuse of the other parent. See what I'm saying is that the way that parents' rights are being stripped away is to call things abuse that have never been abused before in order to bring it into the court in such a way that the state will have the right to take your kids away from you. Does that make sense to you? Is that right now you have parents' rights. Right now the court says you have the right to raise your kid, educate your kid. You've got all these rights, and actually the schools don't. Um, But if they turn it into abuse, 
for example, you know, if I just made it extreme, if the schools decided it was abuse uh, for you in a blue state to tell your kids about Republican candidates, this is like an extreme thing, and the courts agreed and the state went with it, they could take away your kids because you watch the Republican debate tonight. Or maybe if you're in a red state, let's just flip it. And this is why this is for everybody. Maybe in, you're in, uh, you know, I don't know, you're in North Dakota, South Dakota, and the state says, hey, if you're watching the Democratic debate, or if your parents are praising Joe Biden, we're going to call that abuse. And now we have the right to uh, remove you and put you into a, a red family. Uh, see what I'm saying? It's the same thing. That's the extreme example. But that is what's happening here. And at what point does your your view on sexuality be abused because it doesn't match what the state wants to say, or your view on uh, how we handle homelessness, or your view on the border, or your view on taxation, your view on, you know, there's so many different things that eventually, your view on, you know, your freedoms about uh, whatever. This is something that, this is why this can't be a partisan thing. This has to be for everybody, all right? And so when they say they're stripping the community of rights and protections, no, they're not. That's not what this is about. This is about parents' rights saying that I have a right to teach my kids about morality, about ethics, about sexual things. The school does not. That's all. And so if you're in support of the LGBTQIA agenda and all the way, you still have the right as a parent to teach your kids that. It would be like if you went to another state and they said you're just not allowed to do that at home. It's abuse if they, they called it that, right? That's part of the tension there. Um, the rally in front of the city hall is just that, they called it, an effort to scare and intimidate our queer and trans siblings. We won't let that happen. We will not be intimidated by their heinous attempts to intimidate and dox uh, individuals and their educator allies. Has anybody been doxed? What that is is when somebody publicly puts out your personal information. Uh, That should not be done, by the way, by anybody, that there are lines that get crossed, and both sides have crossed lines. You know, a terrible thing that happened is a, a woman in Lake Arrowhead this week was murdered, And uh, there's some sketchy things in the investigation at this point. But right now the story is that she was murdered because there's a guy who hated her pride flag in the window. And uh, he murdered her over that. That is basically what's being said here. And he, on his social media, the LA Times was unable to confirm that the guy looking at the same guy, which is I always find that interesting. So I, I usually wait a little while, but probably it's the same guy. He had an interesting name, and he was killed by police. He murdered this woman. He ran away. People chased after him. The police uh, killed him in a firefight afterward. Um, but him doing that, him murdering this person, is evil. You cannot defeat evil by practicing other evil. You can't. It is something that undoes your entire argument for things. It When you get violent, you become just as bad as whatever it is that's, that you might be protesting against, and you, you move your side back. Even if your side is ultimately right, you move it back. All right, I've got to take a break. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. When I come back, I want to talk about uh, Christians in this and where do we draw the line? How do we have... And I'm going to use some scripture, and I'm interested in your calls. How do we have these conversations about policy issues? How do we focus in the right area so that we are effective and we're also upholding the standards and purposes of the kingdom of God above even our own citizenship in the United States? 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be back as the Pastor Scott Show Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. 
Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Yeah, and just for everybody to know what the protest is about, I was getting a lot of questions on the live. Sure. So this is in regards to school boards keeping things from parents. It's school boards indoctrinating our children, as well as Sacramento passing or attempting to pass some really, really dangerous bills, which the entire uh, purpose of these are all to separate the kids from their parents. So we're referring to things like AB 665, AB 957. Um, Luckily, yesterday, we were able to suspend AB 1078, which would have taken local control away from school boards and given it all to Sacramento. That was a uh, parent at the protest that was downtown, the parent protest. And what I'm talking about is two different things. I want to make sure people understand this is about parents. And also then as uh, because the teachers union came out with a statement that's pretty harsh. Let me just I'm, it's kind of lengthy and I want to get to the other part of the discussion. But here's some name calling that went on in that. OK, uh, these are far right parents far right. That's kind of the new thing, too, is uh, you got to be careful with that. You know, a lot of these parents are actually left. The stuff going on in Glendale, most of those people are Democrats. Most of the people in uh, Burbank, Hollywood, some other places, they vote Democrat. That I don't know too many far right people who vote Democrat. And there are people who just say, look, I just want my parental rights. When you talk to the parents, when you go there, they're saying, I'm not saying you can't do this with your child if you want to. I'm saying you can't force my kid to do it. And if my kid is doing it, I deserve to know. And that's what they say. Homophobic. That's the label. If you don't agree with any part of the agenda, even if you're gay, there are people on the parent side who march with the the parents who are gay and even people who are in the who are trans. But. Uh, regret it or who support others who are detransitioning, are they all homophobic? They would consider themselves part of the uh, LGB community. Uh, Fascist, once again, there's that word. This is the teachers union calling you parents fascists, okay? They said that you're not fighting for any rights, just the opposite. Actually, as I said, your rights exist right now as parents uh, in the United States. You have the right to control your kids' upbringing. You do. You don't have the right to abuse, right? That's why the all those bills that she was talking about in Sacramento, they're about labeling your disagreement as abuse. Okay. Uh, it, the uh, UTLA says that you seek oppression, that you're hateful, that you're blocking social progress, that you're subjugating people who don't fit into your warped vision of the world. That's what they said. Your warped vision of the world, which was everybody's vision of the world until 10 minutes ago. Uh, banning books. I already said nobody's banned any books. A- remove accurate history. Um, you know, you got to walk into that because what is that? What's accurate history? I'm a history major. Back in my day, there was history revisionists, you know, people who would sort of go back in time and say, eh, and change it a little bit. You know, there have been, and this is something I think that when we get to this discussion of how to do this right, sometimes there are things that people have protested about history that are true, that are really part of history, where you are objecting to uh, first, um, first person sources, meaning that you can't object to things that are just objectively true, that this event happened. You can, you can debate, you know, reasons and philosophies for why and other stuff, but you can't debate first, uh, firsthand reports and, and, you know, the evidence. Um, sometimes that, uh, even people who are on the right have, um, tried to remove things that are actually true. However, in every case that I'm aware of, Usually within a day or so, that gets put back in. Um, But there's a lot of inaccurate history that is being foisted upon people 
that comes from secondary sources. And the idea is that a modern person, say, writing about race or or uh, LGBTQ issues or other stuff and trying to change you know, the, the way people might have thought or giving an opinion that could be right or wrong about the way people might have thought 150 years ago. The problem is, is if you teach that as fact, it is a problem because it's not firsthand. It's not related to anything that is new. It's somebody's opinion. And that's, it gets into the weeds, but that's what a lot of the debate is about with CRT and some other stuff. It's that, do we take do we with critical theory, not just the race theory, but the queer theory and other stuff is do we take modern notions of this and teach them as fact uh, just the same as we would whatever people thought in the evidence back then? And no, you can't do that. It's you can debate it, but you can't teach kids that this is the way it was if that's not the way it was. If nobody thought that way uh, back then, you have to teach things as they are. Uh, anyway, so there's a whole lot of name calling that goes in there. So what do we do? Because if you stand up as a parent, clearly you're going to be called out and you're going to be name called and uh, by the government, by authorities. The wrong thing is to respond in kind. I don't want to get to your calls, but how do you how do you be about truth and policy and not party? And how do you fight for what is true and right for the kids, all the kids, including kids who disagree with you, who kids who might want to transition. How do you make sure that this is about the kingdom of God as a Christian now I'm talking about and not just a political battle? I think this matters um, that we can think that way. 888-528-2557. Connie in San Fernando, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Connie. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, hi. Yes. Hi. Um, yes, I'm a mom of four. I'm a follower of Christ, and I also work for a large school district. Um, so one of the things that I came across, even like a month ago, as I was listening to your station, is that, you know, um, children under the age of 18 need to have parental um, approval to get a piercing or a tattoo. Right. But yet, they can, their bodies can be mutilated without parent having any power that is something that? yeah it's something that doesn't make sense right is that in our we we won't let you drink till you're 21 you can't vote till you're 18 you can't go and uh there's a whole lot of stuff that you can't do until you're 18 uh you can't buy pornography till you're 18 right there's a whole lot of vices and things that we say cigarettes cigars whatever it is you can't do it till you're 18 or 21 mm-hmm. however for some reason when it comes to having medical uh, medical work done on yourself, you're allowed to hide it uh, at 12 in California. And why is yes, that? And, well, their brains aren't fully developed. That's why there's certain legal limitations. We all agree with and that, yes. too, by the way. We agree as a culture that uh, yes. alcohol, should be, you should have to wait. And let's not even talk about, about weed. Their brains aren't fully oh, yeah. developed until the, like, the mid-20s, so come on. Yeah, there's a whole lot of evidence. So that's that's part of it, I think, and part of the argument here is that why are we allowing kids to make medical decisions that will impact their entire life, that yeah. will it, have, it, it, in yeah. many cases, a, a terrible response? You become a medical patient for life by choice. Uh, why are we letting kids make that decision at 12, 14, 16 years old? Even at 18, are you really old enough? How old are you? Before you can make that, I'm I'm much older, and I mean I fought my doctor at just taking a cholesterol pill, right? Because I know it's for life. Yeah. yeah. All right, Connie. Yeah. Hey, thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show, uh, Cindy in Studio City. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. 
Hi, Hi Cindy. Go ahead. Cindy. Hi. Thank you so much again for bringing this awareness. Um, I remember when you brought it up before, and um, I'm very grateful for all those parents that protested and that every that you know that bills were stalled. Or um, I, um, my older son's major is political science, so I'm. Um, I'm learning as I go uh, about all of this, um, how we can stand up but, um, and, and make an impact um, uh, by protesting. Uh, all I can say as a parent of a 15-year-old and um, a 20-year-old is that um, uh, I've, I've been seeing other parents leaving LAUSD, they're homeschooling or they're mm-hmm. switching to private schools, Catholic schools, Christian schools. They work with families on financing. You know, uh, yeah. there's, um, it's available. And um, it just seems to be getting worse and not better. <laughs> yeah, it's getting uh, worse, worse and worse, uh, worse out there. Uh, Cindy, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show on that. And it's good to be educated with these things, because I think that sometimes as citizens, we forget that actually we're in charge. And that's why we have to, and part of the reason this is happening, frankly, is because the citizenry, all of us, in a way, have abdicated this, because most of us don't don't even vote, the majority of us. And especially we don't vote in the off-year elections, right? So more people vote in the presidential elections, uh, but in the off-year elections or, or especially an election that's a special election or something, maybe 10, 12 percent of people vote. And you know who then controls everything is that small group of, of activists who are very actively working the vote. You know, if everybody voted, if we had 80, 90 percent of the vote, I think that people's – I think the whole country would change if we voted – not just voted, but if we voted and we were educated about what our vote is, I think the entire country would change. Um, Patty in Santa Ana, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Pastor Scott. Hi, nice Patty. talking to you again. Yeah. Um, so listen, I'm a school nurse at a at a local um, school district, and um, and I'm so concerned about the direction that our country is taking with regards to. Um, you know, limiting parental rights. But uh, another topic I wanted to bring up that perhaps your audience needs to be reminded of is um, minor consent laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minor consent laws have been in place for a long, long time. And I think um, as Christians, we just kind of were sleeping, I suppose, as these laws got passed. And explain Um, what that is real quick, because I have to go to a break, but explain what that is real quick. Sure. These laws um, allow children as young as 12 to seek uh, reproductive care um, that includes abortion. Um, Also allows them to um, seek out mental health care without the without parental care uh, permission or knowledge. Yes. Um, So I think I think that's where the slippery slope started. And that happened a long time um, ago and we didn't know. I'm, I'm out of time. I've got to go to a break, Patty, but you're, you're right to bring that up. When I first found out about it, it was because my pediatrician, my son James, when he turned 12, pediatrician took us out of the room, me and Christy, and said, you no longer have rights to uh, certain things in his medical file. I didn't know that was true. I was stunned and angered. And uh, John turns 12 next year. It's, it is a bizarre thing. Okay, I want to get into the, the Christian response here, and I'm going to tell you this. I got to go to a break. The battle is spiritual. 
And we have to keep that in mind, that the battle here is spiritual. And I think the way that you bring people together and the way that you actually pursue policies that are right and helpful for everybody is you've got to remember that the battle is spiritual. And that means that you're actually fighting for the people who might stand against you on the other side of the protest, right? You're actually, you have to keep in mind that you actually are protecting them. Now, they don't see it that way, and they would completely argue, that's fine. But if you're doing this right, if we're going to do this right with this policy or homeless policy, different things out there, if we're, as Christians, I think, going to get involved, we have to make sure that we recognize that we aren't against those people or against certain kids, that we are against things that are evil that are ultimately being done to those kids, and those kids are being lied to, and those parents are being lied to, and uh, we got to deal with that. All right, 888-528-2557, Pastor Scott Show, Wednesday edition. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. That is uh, audio of the uh, Republican debate. No, I'm sorry. That's for next hour. That is audio of uh, the protest that was downtown. <laughs> People are like, really? Well, that, you know, Republicans, you know, I don't know. Uh, actually, that was audio of a group that showed up to this march yesterday, this parents' march, and there was a counter-protest uh, of LGBTQ parents, and there was uh, a handful of people from the union that was there. But there was a third, a fourth group that was there. There's probably some others. This is the group that actually got in trouble by the police. They're called the Revolutionary Communists. That's what they call themselves, right? Most of them wearing face masks and stuff because you put a mask on when you don't want people to know you're doing something because you know it's wrong. Um, and, um, why are they there? What, what business does the revolutionary communists or some group have at a parents' rights march? It's because this is about something else. It's not really for the, for them and for many others, frankly, it's not really even about trans rights. It's not. It is. In fact, uh, I think there's a, there's an abuse going on for, for people who might be on that side of it because eventually you're just going to be dropped. Eventually they'll move on to something else because this is about taking down the foundations of our country. In a similar way, as Christians, we've got to look to see what that there's another thing going on here, that this isn't one side versus the other. This battle is spiritual, okay? A battle that says that is tearing people apart, that is causing people to make harmful decisions for themselves, uh, where there's a lot of name-calling and back and forth, you know, I think everything is spiritual, but in this regard, it's spiritual. And I wanted to say, you know, as Christians, I think that we're having our own conversation, which is a good one, is that how do we get into the conversation as citizens? We're citizens of the United States. We have been given, I believe, by God an authority as citizens. You know, God establishes every authority. And in most countries throughout the history of the world, that means kings and queens and dictators and, you know, people who are in governments that just run everything— uh, and they're accountable to God for what they do. It's a whole other uh, conversation. In our country, we are the ones who are accountable, at least as far as our vote goes and how we use our voice. And then I think we're called to submit to the authorities uh, to a certain degree 
uh, you know, there's a place where we can't submit to things that aren't true or that call us to um, go against our faith somehow. But in these battles that are very secular, okay, this is about public schools. And public schools, by the way, as much as I think you should put your kid in a private Christian school or homeschool, do what you can to educate your kid. You need to do everything you can, and you need to get as much help as possible. KKLA still has, I think, a few spots in our half-price tuition. You can go to kkla.com and click on that banner to do that now. Um, Public schools are also inevitable. And many of you, you really can't. If you're a single parent, and uh, you've got a couple of kids, how in the world are you going to homeschool? You probably can't afford whatever you're going to have to pay for private school. There's so many. Even if you had a scholarship, you may not have the time, right? It's so difficult. And public schools are going to happen, and we have to care for every kid. We have to realize that as parents, we are responsible for our own kids to a certain degree, but we also should be looking out for kids who are being harmed by false philosophies and uh, a terrible education system. I mean, frankly... Uh, next hour, we'll talk about things that ought to be at the top of the list of things that our candidates uh, running for office should be talking about. Education is one of them. I think it's the the civil rights uh, issue of our day is education, math, science, you know, teaching people how to read and just how to have uh, life. This battle is spiritual. In Ephesians chapter 6, in the passage where it talks about putting on the armor of God, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That is so important for the Christian to hold on to, because our enemy is not the other side of the argument. Our enemy is not the Democrats or the Republicans or the leftists or the far right or our enemy is the evil that is being done. And some of it's being done by everybody on all sides, right? There's evil that is being done. Our enemy is the evil done by whatever apparently right-wing guy murdered the woman with the pride flag in her office in Lake Arrowhead uh, this week. That's evil. We have to be against that and for her in this because our job is to pull human beings who are in the dark into the light, to shine the light on the sin and evil of the world because we're about people. And we don't want kids to be lied to. We don't want parents to be lied to. We don't want teachers to be lied to. And the the liars are accountable to God for sure, but the liars also can be shown the light. And so we have to be truthful with what we're doing. We have to make sure that we aren't also pushing things that aren't accurate, aren't true. Sometimes we're just wrong, right? And that's that happens. And we have to acknowledge them when we're wrong. But our job is to be truthful and to realize And that's part of it. So we put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, everything stands. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We have to make sure in whatever political argument we get involved or secular argument about policy that we defend the truth, even if that truth supports our opponent. Because in the end, being truthful is the winning strategy. Being truthful, uh, being against falsehoods, even innocent falsehoods, and they create credibility problems, and you will lose. See, what I'm concerned about is I think that we have, I hate this term maybe, but an awakening in our country that, hey, there's a lot that has been going on, like we talked about right before the break, and that has just slipped in under our noses. I think we're awakening to that, but we have to be peaceful in how we do it and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That doesn't mean that you're just, that you shrink back and you don't uh, 
uh, address things. You do. But you don't get violent. Violence harms the message, whatever it is that you're trying to bring about. And it harms the gospel, whatever you're trying to accomplish. It just makes you the same as the other side, just a different kind of evil. Okay? And uh, it's really important. We invite people to peace with God that has been brokered by God through Christ. This is what we do. And we do not murder. We do not uh, do things that are evil in order to defeat evil. We shine the light and we speak boldly. That doesn't mean that you, you don't speak in terms that are very blunt. Sometimes you have to do that. Often you have to do that. But you don't have to do all the name calling either because you're getting called a bunch of names that I listed from the teachers union. You're everything in the world if you're one of these, these parents who is protesting out there. Scriptures say, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Uh, you trust the Lord. You work hard to be truthful. You work hard to be truthful in what God has called you to do. And if you're doing that, you're taking up the field of the shield of faith. You can trust the Lord. There's so many examples here. The flaming arrows of the evil one. Keep in mind the flaming arrows that are coming towards you from the teachers' union or from whoever. Uh, they're from the evil one. Those people over there need to be brought into the light where they are wrong. That's what we do. We take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, we as a people, we're about salvation. We are, at the end of the day, not about the success of the United States, although that's a byproduct, I think, of the people being active and involved and being truthful. Uh, We're not about the success of our schools, although I think it's the byproduct of us being active and involved and truthful and caring about people, all people. We're about salvation, ultimately. At the end of the day, Our call is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to make disciples. And whenever we have involvement in the argument at the city gate, that's still our goal. Our goal is not to win an argument that doesn't determine anybody's uh, uh, spiritual destination. Our goal is to be truthful so that they will see the living Christ, Christ for who, who he is. And uh, that doesn't mean you be perfect. That's why we repent. That's why we confess our sins. That's why we recognize that all fall short of the glory of God and that we are about people, even our enemies. You know, when Jesus said, love your enemies, the reason is, is because you love them into the kingdom of God. And when you do that, you're persuasive. And by the way, these arguments, you win them when that happens. <clears throat> all right, I got to take some water and take a break. You can watch the Pastor Scott Show at kkla.com. If you miss an hour of the show, subscribe to the Pastor Scott Show podcast on your favorite podcast app. And you can follow us now on social media, uh, Pastor Scott Show. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show and give us a follow. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.